Good morning, Livingstones family. I want to welcome you to our Livingstones online in the second week of the lockdown. Uh, I hope you're enjoying uh, just the newness of this experience. You know, it reminded me uh, of the day I'm sitting here in our new lobby, and this, of course, is the the end of our uh, three-year pledges for the I-54 campaign, and I was reminded of the Lord that there was a season we went through, and many of you can remember when our building was uh, completely destroyed and there was a lot of dust and a lot of inconvenience. Uh, but you know what we did? We just made the most of it. And uh, we had a good time and uh, we pressed through. And guess what? God brought us through. And I feel like we're in a similar season right now. Uh, that You know what? This isn't the best situation, but we've just got to press through. And God's going to be faithful. And someday we'll look back on this time and, and hopefully we'll just remember the fun that we had uh, adapting. You know, I wanted to read a verse of scripture to you uh, that I thought was especially apropos for the season that we're in now. This is from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It's a familiar passage of scripture that talks about a time for this and a time for that. And this is what the Bible says in verse 5, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 5. There's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. There's a time to embrace and a time to turn away. Well, this morning we are definitely scattered stones uh, and no one's doing any embracing. Uh, but the time will come when we all get back together and be gathered stones and, uh, and we'll do a lot of hugging. And I know everybody's been uh, missing each other and missing that personal contact. Uh, but let's make the most of this situation. Let me also uh, welcome our guests. I know there are many folks that are watching online and I just want to welcome you to our church family, get a little flavor of who we are uh, here at Living Stones and just tell you that we're so excited. So excited that you chose uh, to tune in today. You can see things are a little bit different. I'm not standing in front uh, of the, the uh, pulpit in our empty sanctuary. Uh, some of you were saying, Pastor, that must have been really hard. Trust me, it's very hard uh, to speak to a room full of nobody. Um, so I wanted to be a little more intimate with you this morning and really kind of get away from our normal sermon series to share my heart with you. You know, as you saw, the sermon is called Be Contagious, uh, not run from the contagion, but be contagious. And I want to give you five uh, pot signs to test positive or to check yourself to make sure you're testing positive. You know, we're living in a day of social distancing. We're living in a day when we're running from uh, uh, trying to not be contagious, trying to not become infected uh, and doing everything that we can to make sure that we're flattening the curve and stopping the spread of uh, of this virus that we hear is highly contagious. But I want to talk to you about a, a contagion that is even worse than the disease that we're fighting, and that's simply the spirit of fear. How many of you have, have had to deal with fear during this season? I would imagine most people have. You know, we have our elderly population that is especially at risk. We've got people whose immune systems are compromised and they're at risk. We've got people whose businesses right now are being challenged. And, you know, if you're honest, uh, this can be a time where you really, really have to deal with the temptation to fall into mass hysteria. In fact, the Bible's full of instances where where the crowd uh, and crowd thinking took over a situation and caused hysteria and fear just to run rampant. And I want to encourage you uh, today to think about what kind of a spirit are you operating in uh, and to make sure we're carrying the correct spirit. You know, the Bible says this, that we're followers of Jesus and that we are not of this world. And I just simply want to ask you this question, uh, especially in the time that we're living in, what separates you and I 
from our neighbors who maybe don't know the Lord or from our colleagues at work who don't know the Lord. What is it that when the Bible says that as followers of Jesus, we're not of this world and that we act differently than this world, what is it that really sets us apart? Well, I want you to follow along on the screen. Hopefully you've got your Bibles with you. don't want anybody falling asleep on your couch or being lazy this morning. Make sure you run and get your Bibles right now and let's open up the Word of God. Take some notes because this is not just my thoughts, but these are God's thoughts and they, they really matter. And my goal is to encourage you and help you in this season. But read with me. This is uh, 1 John chapter 5. And I want to read verses 4 and 5 together. The Bible says this, For everyone born of God, that is every person who's experienced a born-again relationship with Jesus Christ, this is our new identity. The Bible says everyone born of God is victorious and we have overcome the world. That's the truth about who we are. We're victorious and we're overcomers. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. In fact, this, the Bible's saying this is the key. This is, this is the, the secret ingredient, all right? This is the secret weapon that overcomes the world. And here's, I love the way the Amplified Version says this. It's our continuing, persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. Verse 5 says, who is the one who's victorious? Who is this one who overcomes the world? And it gives the answer. It is the one who believes and recognizes the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. So here's the reality. Uh, our faith is just as contagious as a spirit of fear. And I want to encourage you. Have you ever been in a situation uh, where you've been around people who are fearful? When you're around fearful people, it causes that spirit to jump on you, and you find yourself being fearful. Uh, I remember times raising our children. You know, you've always got a child or two that's maybe uh, the hypochondriac. You know, they're the one that kind of overreacts to situations, and maybe you're in one room of the house, and you hear this scream, and you think, oh, my goodness, somebody's hurt, somebody's dying, somebody's in pain, somebody's dealing with whatever. And you run into the other room, and you find that, that whatever was going on was, was an overreaction. It wasn't, it wasn't accurate. But everybody has this heightened emotion because of that overreaction. Fear gripped everybody. And I was on the, the opposite is also true. I was on the phone call just, just yesterday with a good friend who just started a business. And as I was talking, I was calling him to see how he's doing. As I was talking to him, he was filling me with faith because he said, you know, Pastor Ron, he said, God called me to start this business. God knew what was going to happen. God knows the circumstances. God's still on the throne. And I'm just moving ahead in faith and believing that what God spoke to me is true and that nothing has changed. You know, that is a spirit of faith. And how many of you know when you're around people that carry that spirit, that spirit also jumps on you. It causes you to be strong. It causes you to believe God. It causes you to press through. And that is, if, if, if there's one difference between those of us who know Jesus and those who don't know Jesus, it should be our confident, bold uh, confession of faith that God is in charge, that God is for me, that God is not against me, and that God can handle this situation. We are not to be moving at all in a spirit of fear. So I want to talk to you about being contagious. What is it that causes us to be contagious with a spirit of faith? Jesus said this in John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. He says, not as the world gives, uh, not, not that spirit. He says, don't let your heart be troubled, don't, nor be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength 
for every challenge. This is part of our inheritance. He, Jesus says, your heart's not supposed to be troubled. That's not, I'm not giving you trouble. I'm not giving you fear. But this is what he's giving us. He's giving us a perfect peace that's to calm us in every single circumstance. And he's giving us courage and strength to go through every challenge. How many of you know we're set up for success? Peace in the midst of the storm, courage and strength to press through whatever obstacles are in front of us. Look at the way Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Paul said, we're to walk by faith and not by sight, living our lives in a matter that is consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. So this is another practical thing we can look at. Do, and I, I've been encouraging you all to quarantine your TV set, not because I want you to live in ignorance, but here's the principle. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Where should we be placing our eyes right now? Not on the hysteria that's all around us, not on people with political agendas, not on people that are trying to score political points. We're, we're not looking at those things. The Bible says, set your eyes on the promises of God. Put your faith, put your focus on the promises of God. Confident belief in God's promises is how we walk uh, in a spirit of faith. So let's resolve to be confident. Let's resolve to be contagious so that what we carry is something that's life-giving to other people. And so here's my question this morning, and this is what I want us to think about. If the goal is to be contagious with faith, if our goal is to be a carrier of faith, someone who is highly contagious with a spirit of faith, how do we know if we're testing positive, right? I want to give you five things to look at from God's Word to make sure that we can put a checkbox off after every one of them. And by the end of this message this morning, I want to make sure you know that you are testing positive and that you're highly contagious to those around you, all right? Let's take a look at the first principle here. The first principle to know if you've tested positive is simply this. Faith, by definition, is sacrificial. It does not hoard things. And boy, when, when a spirit of fear has taken over you, you start to shrink back, you start to grab, you start to operate from a, a scarcity mentality, a poverty mentality, a lack mentality. And the Bible is very clear that the very essence and nature of faith is that it's sacrificial. For God so loved the world that he gave. Uh, it's sacrificial. And I just want to ask you, is the spirit that's leading you right now one that's causing you to uh, hoard and to be selfish? Or is it a spirit that is causing you to lay down your life and to want to help other people? Um, the Bible says this in Acts chapter 2. All the believers met together in one place for encouragement and they shared everything. Everything that they had, the Bible says. And then it says they sold their property and their possessions and they shared the money with those in need. Notice this was not a government program. This was not a redistribution uh, of wealth. This was believers who loved each other, who were operating in a very uh, a trying time. Uh, but the Bible says they willingly, out of sacrificial love, they willingly sold what they had. They shared things with other people. There was more than enough to go around. These were not end-time prepper folks. They were not hoarding toilet paper or hoarding other things. These were people that were looking for ways to take what they had and give it away. So I, can I encourage you during this season, 
Look for ways to bless people. Look for ways to share what God's blessed you with. Look for ways, to creative ways, to help those who uh, are maybe at risk in our population. But let's operate from a spirit of self-sacrifice, not from a spirit uh, that stockpiles things, all right? The early church was no stranger to plagues. They were no stranger to epidemics. They were certainly not strangers to mass hysteria. They were dealing with the same situations that we find today. But when we look back historically, we find that believers ran to the situation. They were running into the battle. They were not running from the battle. They were looking for ways to positively engage and to help. They were not looking for ways to retreat. So here's the first test. Are you operating right now from a spirit of self-sacrifice? Test number one. All right, let's go to test number two. Faith shines, it does not hide. I want to read from Matthew chapter 5. Look at what Jesus said here. Nobody lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light for everyone to see it. In the same way, let your good deeds shine. Let them shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You know, the tendency in times like this when a spirit of fear is running rampant is to take your light and put it under a basket. It's it's isolate yourself. It's hide. It's self-quarantine. And I'm not in any way going against what we've been asked to do. I'm just saying uh, that fear causes us to withdraw. But faith causes us to shine. I love, some of you maybe saw some of the creative things that the church is doing all across uh, America today. I just saw recently where a bunch of believers gathered in a parking lot of a major hospital and they flashed their lights and they prayed and they let all the staff know that they were praying for them as they worshiped and, and engaged in corporate intercession. What a great way. Again, coming out, uh, coming to a place where people are engaged on the front lines. And I want to say thank you to all of our doctors and all of our medical professionals that who are serving. Thanks to all of our folks that are working right now to help with the food industry and everything else. Um, But look for ways to shine. Look for ways to love. Look for ways to be a blessing. I also want to encourage us. You know, we have the the benefit of being online right now, and many of you are on your phones. uh, you're, You're on different social media platforms. This is an opportunity that we have to let people know the hope that we have. Use this time uh, to be evangelistic. Use this time to share about faith in Christ and the difference that he can make. This is a great time for the church to shine. I also want to encourage us uh, not to fall into uh, demonic patterns of isolation and loneliness. It's so important that we're connected, even if it's by phone, if it's by FaceTime, whatever it is. Uh, The Bible says this in Proverbs 27, verse 9. Sweet friendships refresh the soul, and they awaken our hearts with joy. For good friends are like the anointing oil that yields the fragrant incense of God's presence. You know, we still need to take time to be together with our friends. I saw once again some of our church family get posting online, meeting for lunch in cars six feet apart with the windows down so they can still communicate but at a safe distance. You know, we need each other more than ever in this time. So pick up your phone, get online, do what it is you can uh, to make sure you stay connected with people because that brings life to us. It brings the anointing of God to us. It brings joy to us. And all of these things are absolutely necessary uh, for us to thrive. Let me go to the third area. We said that faith sacrifices, faith shines. The third point I want to hit on this morning is that faith serves. It doesn't seek to control. Or another way to say it is faith surrenders. 
The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing what's good. In other words, be proactive. Um, Serve people. Don't fall into a spirit where you're trying to control. Um, I just have to mention this. You know, all of our efforts right now are, are good and they're wise and they're prudent. But at the end of the day, people are still freaking out about trying to control everything to such a, to such a degree that we, we are not going to spread any germs or any virus or, or whatever. And I just want to highlight this. You know, that spirit of control is really rooted in fear. Uh, it's self-preservation. Uh, it's rooted in, in trying to control all the circumstances. And here's the, the end result of that is to keep us comfortable and it's to keep us, uh, again, uh, in, in a, an illusion of safety. But can I just tell you the greatest way to be safe and to feel safe is to surrender your life to Jesus. It's not to, to try to control everybody around you. It's not uh, uh, in a situation where you've got to control circumstances that are beyond your control. You know, you wake up in the morning and you worship and you go about your day and you love people and you give to people and you serve people and you don't try to control situations or control other people because at the end of the day, it's an illusion. We're fighting an invisible virus that is beyond our control. Sure, we can do certain things like social distancing, but at the end of the day, we've got people running to grocery stores, running to gas stations. We've got all kinds of activity in the marketplace, and so we can either freak out about that or we can simply worship. And I want to encourage you, true faith is is an act of surrender to one who does control everything, God Almighty. And I encourage you in this time, don't don't be one that's trying to take control of every little detail of your life. Surrender yourself to the Lord. Look what the Bible says. Cast all of your cares on the Lord, for he cares for you. Look at Titus chapter 2, verse 7. Be an example to everybody by doing good works of every kind. Can you see the spirit of faith? It's simply you trust your life to the Lord and then you go and act like Jesus would act. You love people. You serve people. So here's the deal. We serve with open hands, not with clenched fists. We worship with uplifted hands, not, again, all clenched and controlled and trying to solve all of our problems ourselves. So faith surrenders and serves. It doesn't try to control people. It doesn't try to control situations. Let me go to the fourth test here. This is a good one. The Bible says faith speaks and it's not silent. I want to ask you this question. What is coming out of your mouth during this season? You know, some people are just negative. They they believe for the worst in everything. You know, I, I was I personally was incredibly encouraged by the fact that our president said, hey, let's believe that we could begin to return to some degree of American normal life by Easter. You know what? I appreciate that because he was speaking in faith. He was providing a vision. And when leaders do that, what they're looking for is agreement. We don't know what's going to happen several weeks down the road. Nobody knows except the Lord. But how many of you know we have a choice? And what we need to watch is that what comes out of our mouth, is it critical? Is it negative? Is it that's not going to work? That's unrealistic. You know, that's not faith speaking. Why don't we choose to believe the best? Why don't we choose to align our faith Uh, with a leader who's casting a vision for us that we can get around. Um, That's what faith does. Faith speaks. You know, I was in Psalm 91 again, and this is a a passage of Scripture that we're praying over our family on a daily basis, and I encourage you to do the same. It's a great psalm of God's uh, provision and His protection over His people. But look at what it says in Psalm 91, verse 2. 
This I declare. This is what I'm speaking. This is what I'm saying with my mouth to the Lord. You are my refuge, God. You are my place of safety. You are my God, and I trust in you. How many of you know faith speaks? And what faith speaks is the truth about the situation. The, com- the, the opposite of this is that when you're silent uh, or when you're, when you're speaking things that are rooted in fear and insecurity and being critical and negative, these are things that, that, that usher in a spirit of fear into a community. So I want to encourage us. Let's be brokers of hope. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, the overflow of what has been stored in my heart and in your heart will be seen by our fruit and will be heard by your words. This is so important. What comes out of your heart can be seen by others and heard by others. Uh, your, your fruit is going to be heard by your words, all right? So what are we speaking over the situation? Let's speak life. Let's speak healing. Let's speak blessing. Let's speak hope. Let's speak things that are in the same family of faith and not things that are unbelief, negativity, doubt. That's how the world acts. The world is pessimistic. The world is negative. Uh, But we are not of this world. We are people of faith. You know, a bad mouth is always the evidence of a bad heart. When your heart's not right, when the pressures of this world are around you, it's going to squeeze out of your heart the true contents of who you are and what you really believe. So I want to encourage you this week, listen to what you're saying. Are your words life-giving words? Are they filled with faith? Are they words of thanksgiving and praise to God? Or are they the words of what you're watching on the evening news or what you're hearing at work or what the neighbor said or whatever? Let's make sure we're speaking life. Let's make sure we're speaking faith. And let me end with the final test here. Number five, faith sees it does not despair. Faith sees it does not despair. Let me ask you this question. What are you seeing? In other words, what does your future look like? What is on the horizon? This is what David said in Psalm 39. My hope, my confident expectation is in you, Lord. David kept his eyes on the Lord. And because he kept his eyes on the Lord, he was confident about the future. He was filled with hope. I want to encourage us. I know we're dealing with many, many challenges today uh, from all different sides. Family challenges, challenges with kids, school work, uh, all kinds of stuff going on, many, many challenges. Um, But none of those challenges should be greater than the hope that we have in the Lord. Um, Look at what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. Now we have this light, Paul says, shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and it's not from ourselves. And Paul said this, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but the Bible says we are never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but the Bible says here we are not destroyed. How many of you know God is with us always? And We're not going to ever be left alone. And God's going to bring us through this. We might get knocked down a time or two, but guess what? We're going to get back up. We might feel some pressure, but it's not going to crush us. 
We might be confused or perplexed at times, but it's not going to drive us to a place where we succumb to despair. Because guess what? At the end of the day, we're hope dealers. We're prisoners of hope. We're people that are constantly offering hope. And you can never offer hope if you cannot see beyond your current set of circumstances. And I want us to believe for more. How many of you know the goal is not just to get back to American life as normal? God is shaking right now everything that can be shaken. I hope you're feeling shaken. That's the goal of all this, I believe, from God's perspective. He's dealing with our idols. He's dealing right now, guess what? He's exposing our fears. He's exposing our unbelief. He's trying to bring us to a place of strength and to bring us to a place of growth. You know, I've seen articles that talk about how America will never be the same. And many of those articles are dealing with negative things. But I want to say this. Can you believe with me that America will never be the same? Well, what are we hoping for? Well, how about this? Let's hope for a great awakening in this country. Let's hope that what we've gone through has caused people to focus on the source of their fears. Like, do you have confidence in God? Is your life built on something that's solid? Do you have a solid hope for the future? Are you tormented right now by fear? Uh, these are all things we can hope for, that we will move into a better future where, where a church is awakened, where we have more passion for Jesus than we've ever had, where our communities are changed forever. Come on, let's, ra- let's raise the bar. I don't want to just get back to normal, although we had a, a nice normal. Let's get back to a better normal than we've ever had. Let's get back to a new and improved church and a new and improved community, a new and improved America and a new and improved world. That is what we should be believing God for. Let the Lord accomplish accomplish his purposes in this hour. I want to end with this story, which I thought was so good. In Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan at one point has two lions that are blocking the path to the heavenly city. The lions are ready to shred anybody who passes by. And Christian, the lead character in this allegory, is traveling toward his toward the path toward the great city. And as he's moving Toward the city, he sees these ferocious lions that are there blocking the path. And even though his heart is filled with fear, as ours would be as well, he continues by faith to take those steps forward. And then something amazing happens in that story. As Christian gets closer to the lions, he discovers that only the growls of the lions can reach him. Because God has the lions chained. The lions are there, but they can't, they can't close in on him. And he literally walks between the lions. Yes, he hears their roars, but God himself has chained the lions. They cannot attack him. And he walks between the lions, and he makes it to his final destination. And that destination is obviously to enjoying eternal life with Jesus Christ. Can I end with simply saying this? You know, the root of all of our fears, the Bible says, is the fear of death. At the end of the day, most people are very concerned about surviving, about living. That's why diseases like this cause many, many people to be gripped with fear. The Bible tells us this. Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried. Three days later, he rose from the dead, and Jesus Christ conquered death once and for all. The hope that we have is that if we will repent of our sins, if we will turn to Christ if we will ask him to be our Savior and our Lord and to forgive us of our sins, the Bible promises us that Jesus gives us eternal life, that we don't have to fear death. 
We don't have to fear the future. We don't have to fear these things because Christ has literally conquered everything, even the greatest enemy of ours, which is death itself. I believe that there are people watching right now that are dealing with the spirit of fear. Some of you know the Lord, but there might be some people watching that don't know Christ. The greatest hope we could offer you today is that in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of this pandemic, you can live your life in peace and in strength that only Jesus Christ has to offer. Would you pray with me right now? I believe there are people watching right now who need to to pause at this very moment and simply to extend your heart and to give your heart to Christ. Pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and that you gave your life for me, that you shed your blood to pay for my sins, and that, Lord, if I'll turn to you and I'll call upon your name and I'll put my hope and trust in you, the Bible says you'll forgive me of my sins and you'll give me new life. Jesus, make my life new. I give you my life right now. Lord, change me and heal me and restore me and come into my heart right now. Do it, Lord Jesus. I ask you, Lord, even now as we're praying, that many, many people uh, would be turning their lives over to you. And, you know, we just want to rejoice with you and help you. And if you you prayed that prayer with us right now and you, you surrendered your life to Christ, uh, we would love for you to respond uh, on online. Let us know who you are. Let us know how we can help you. We want to come alongside of you. And I just want to say to our church family right now, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. God is for you, not against you. God has this. God's going to bring us through. We're going to fight together. You don't have to fight alone. But I just pray right now, let that spirit of fear that may have come over some of our own people. Lord, I say in the name of Jesus, go right now. And Lord, let the spirit of faith be so contagious among our people. May we all test positive, Lord, to being uh, contagious with a spirit of faith that would spread throughout this community, God. Let us be life givers, Lord, this week, and let us be bold and aggressive and let us not shrink back, but Lord, let us engage our community like never before. We love you, Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing. We praise you in the midst of this storm, and we thank you that you're going to be faithful to bring us through. And we pray this all in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Hey, thank you for being with us today. We love you so very much. We're looking forward to getting back together. We'll keep you posted uh, with our regular communication. In the meantime, have a great day, the Lord's Day, of celebrating all that he's done for us. God bless you.